Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. When I opened my notebook up to put the notes in for today, I found the notes from the last time I preached here. It was on total recovery. It was about how to pray in unity, how to fight battles, how you're not supposed to be any battle in fighting it alone. How that, there's power when we come together. It's only when the body has a joint there that the parts of the body that come together have power. And we came together that night, or that day, I should say, to talk about fighting the battle together in prayer for Pastor Tiz. Back in that day, there was not the best report coming forth. The doctors didn't have the best thing to say. But I said, let's together. And you said, let's join together. And we said as a church, we were going to stand in unity and believe the report of the Lord. Look where we are today. The doctor said in amazement, tis is cancer free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad to be part of New Beginnings Church. To be in a fellowship of believers, and this is my family, really, you feel like my family, that join together, that come together, and that pray and believe and stand on the Word of God. I mean, it's amazing. When you can be in unity and in fellowship, there's not much you can't do. You can speak to mountains, and they move. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So listen, today, if I might, I want to just speak a moment about quarantine. May I just do that to start? You know, I was going to come up here wearing these rubber gloves. And if I could have got an ugly doctor mask, I would have got one. Or a Frankenstein mask. And I would have came out here and said, oh, I'm sorry, I thought we were supposed to wear masks today. But let me just put this back on for a moment. And just say, you know what? I believe this can be the greatest hour for the church. See, when the world has darkness and tribulation and they have anxiety and they're hurting, we have the answer. And his name is? You know what? I could hear you. And maybe because of COVID, you're kind of holding back. So, you know, I'll kind of excuse that a little bit. But how about you don't yell it. You just everybody say it on the count of three. We have the answer. And his name is one, two, three, Jesus. His name is Jesus. This is the time when the church should get to work the hardest. We need to take off the rubber gloves and we need to put on the work gloves. It's the time for the church to get to work. It's time that we begin to work 
Because now the fields are white for harvest. More than they have been for years. People are lonely. People are hurting. And we need to get to work gloves, not just rubber gloves. But you know what? We can't just put on work gloves. They have to be gloves that when they feel the touch, whether it's a fist bump or an elbow, whether you have a work glove on or a rubber glove or not, what they need to feel are the gloves that have the touch of Jesus. You need to be sure you're out there in your community. Touching them with Jesus' touch. I don't care what kind of glove you wear. I don't care if you wear a mask or not. And don't care if I do or not. But let in my eyes the light of Jesus shine. Let in my voice, let them hear the voice and the anointing of Jesus. Let them feel touched by the love of God. The forgiveness for their sins in the healing for their lives. I love the song they sang right before I came up. The name above every name. She pretty much preached my message. Jesus is the answer. You know, the antidote for anxiety, fear, It's the presence of Jesus. The antibody for COVID-19 was the body that hung on a cross 2,000 years ago. That's the antibody for COVID we all need. And his name is Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Our message to the world needs to be, come to Jesus. The church has the answer And we need to proclaim it as much as ever. Jesus is the one who gives us meaning and purpose to life. Now's not a time to slow down. We've been forced to minister outside the four walls of our church building. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. Maybe it's not such a bad thing that we can't get in the church, that we have to go be the church. Maybe it's not such a bad thing that you stop looking at church or calling church a building and you start realizing, I am the church. Say it. You know, just touch yourself somewhere where you feel comfortable and say, I am the church. It's time for we believers to connect with our community, to connect with our neighbors To bring the antidote and the peace and the presence of Jesus. You know, if you carry it, they'll feel it. You just talk to them. You just be who you are in Christ. And they will know and sense it. And they'll begin to talk when they're home alone. And say, I want what she has. I want what they have. I need that peace. I need that comfort. I need that faith right now. And you can tell them where you get it. Listen, the word has answers. You might be hurting yourself. 
You might be concerned yourself. Well, turn to the Word. The Word has answers. Let me read you some scriptures. Cast your burden on the Lord. He will sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be shaken. Psalm 55, 22. Fear not, I am with you. Isaiah 41, 10. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, a lot of people are forced rest right now, but they have no rest. (laughs) There's a difference between sitting all day and having rest. There's a difference between the rest that only God can give you and the rest that you think you have by putting your feet up. (laughs) Come unto me. All who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cast your burden upon the Lord. This is probably my favorite one for this season. It's Isaiah 41, 13. And it says this. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. You might think the fear not, I will help you is my favorite part. And nothing wrong with that part. I mean, I like that part. I'll take that part. I'll own that part. I'll I'll grab a hold of that part. I'll stick that part all around me. I'll write those words on my mirror. But my favorite part of this verse is, I, the Lord God, will hold your right hand. You know, when I walked with my dad as a little boy, we'd come to a street corner. He'd say, give me your right hand, son. Why would he take my right hand? Because I'm right-handed. That's my strong hand. That's the hand I could grip on and hold tightly. That's the one where I would have the best balance, the best confidence, and hold most secure. And so my dad would say, give me your right hand. No coincidence here for me that the Lord says, I am the Lord thy God. I will hold your right hand. How would you feel walking with Papa? (laughs) And he's holding your right hand. Would it matter what you faced? Would a pandemic in front of you, a lion in front of you, an army in front of you, a snake in front of you, would it concern you if Papa had your right hand? I, the Lord God, will hold your right hand. Now the fear not. I'm with you has so much more meaning to me. I will help you. Claim that now for you. Isaiah 41, 13. Then Joel 2.25, I'll restore you the years the locusts have eaten. The cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, (laughs) the pandemic. My great army I sent among you. I will restore you the years they've taken. Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens 
and thereby fulfill the law of God. Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears, and he delivers them out of their troubles. You know what? In this time of quarantine and pandemic and everything, each of us have our own troubles. Some of yours might look similar to mine, but you have your own set. Yours are unique to you. And God knows them, every one of them. God knows what you're facing and what your troubles are. And he says very clearly, cry out unto me. And the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Folks, that's for you and for I, for New Beginnings Church, but it's also for everyone around you. It's for your neighbors and your community. As much as you might have needed to hear this today and it's touching or ministering to you, you need to know these scriptures and be ready and going out with the hands of Jesus, going out with the voice anointed with the word, and you need to bring water and life to your community. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I believe this is the church's greatest hour. The same God that fed Elijah with ravens is the same God that will take care of you. The same Jesus that in Cana changed the water into wine will meet your needs. The same Jesus that gave thanks to the Lord and blessed the five loaves, meaning rolls or tiny loaves, and two fishes, and fed 5,000 will meet your needs. The same God of Elijah, the same Jesus will take care of you. Hear me now. Hear me good. Don't let a spirit of scarcity Poverty, scarcity come on you. Don't let a spirit of hoarding come upon you. Maintain a spirit of abundance. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his abundance, his riches and glory. Position yourself. Quiet those other mind voices that are going on. Quiet the little devil that's on CNN. I'm sorry, on your shoulder. What did I say? On your shoulder. Trying to whisper anxiety and fearful things to you. Fast from him and read your word. And say, I shall not receive this. My God shall supply. Let me hear you say it. My God shall supply. You at home, let me hear you say it. My God shall supply. Remember the words of Jesus. Jesus said, give and it shall be given. A closed hand or a tight fist can't receive. Have you ever heard them say about somebody, oh, they're (laughs) tight-fisted? 
means they hold their money and their treasure and their resources so closely and so tightly. But you know what? Tight fist can't be receiving anything. If I walked up to you with a million-dollar check and I said, here, let me give it to you. (laughs) Yeah, just lay it on top of there. (laughs) Open your hand. If you're tight-fisted, if you're holding so tightly, if you're believing in scarcity and famine and poverty, then you'll grab a scarcity mentality and you'll be countering and cutting the blessings of God off because you'll stop opening your hand up to give. Jesus said, give and it will be given unto you. I want you to position yourself in this time, in this season, so you continue to have the miracles of provision for you that you need. So I want you to pivot right now. You know, pivot's like a basketball term. You know, if you've coached basketball or what, you tell it, you say, okay, now pivot. <laughs> you know, you're getting ready for the ball. You're, you're getting ready to make a fake. You're going to pivot. If you're caught flat-footed and you're just holding your ground and you're staying the same, you'll miss that pass. You'll drop the ball. You won't score. And you'll wonder, what happened? You didn't pivot with the times. You didn't pivot with the season. You didn't stay in the game. You stayed the same. So, I'm going to ask you to pivot right now. And get ready to write your envelope out for your offering. Get out your checkbook. Grab that offering envelope. Use your phone. If you already have it prepared, just take it out. We're not taking the offering now. We're just pivoting in the, in the service. Because I want you to be prepared to open your hand to give so that you can receive and be blessed. Amen? At the, you at home, now's the time to give. Just go ahead and give and come back. I mean, normally they play a song now. You know, it's the offering song. But I'm asking you to take a pivot and grab and get your offering out and get ready. They'll collect it at the end. Wanderson will do a great job as he does. He'll give you instructions on how to put your offering in the basket. See, Scripture says where your treasure is, your heart will be. You know, many, many churches are reporting to me that their offerings have stayed the same or gone up in this season. Gone up in this season. I'm in contact with hundreds of pastors. I'm hearing reports of salvations doubling and tripling. I'm hearing reports of, of offerings going up 30% and 40%. Some church is getting blessed. Why not new beginnings too? Some people are positioning themselves to be blessed. Why not you? Why not you at home? Don't let famine mentality, scarcity mentality come in and own you. Put on the spirit of praise. 
the garment of praise and let the spirit and garment of heaviness, oppression, famine leave in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we cast out doubt and fear. We command it to go by the power of the blood of Christ. Father, I declare over this congregation and those at home, no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Lord, I release a spirit of giving and of joy, of health and goodness. We put our focus on you, the name above all names. Death could not hold you. You are the victor. You are the champion. And you've said to us that we might call you Jehovah Provider. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the offering now. You bless it. You use it as seed to bring it back to these fine folks, to the people at home, that it will open their hand and open their heart to receive. So listen, I I want to tell you, the devil pushes Jesus' leads. I'm not pushing you. Don't feel pushed. I'm trying to educate you and position you so you can get showers of blessing. If I know there's a shower raining here and it's what you need, it's the water for your life, I'm going to do everything I can to stand over here and say, Come this way. I make no excuse for it. Come, come here, come here, come here, come here. Stand, stand there. Just kind of look at me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I told you. So I'm just telling you. Open your heart, open your hand, and watch what God does. Amen? Amen. All righty. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? So I was in prayer about what to share with you. God's been speaking to me all through this season. And I really feel like God gave me prophetic insight in a word, and I believe he gave me the release to share it with you. Have you ever had a time where it was hard for you to hear God's voice? You know, you were were honestly desiring to hear from God. It was heartfelt. You're praying and you're waiting, but you don't hear anything. You can't hear. You know, maybe it's because of all the noise around you. They call it white noise sometimes, you know. I use some of that to go to sleep often. You know, you put a fan on or you put a white noise generator so it makes noise so it drowns out everything else. God often speaks in a small, still voice. Maybe you can't hear because of all the noise, distractions, and busyness in your life. I know for me, 
before March 2020, my life was way too busy. How about you? I mean, I was running everywhere, doing things, stopping here, going there. Do you think if Larry Mariello, me, if I'm having a hard time hearing God's voice, do you think it's because God stopped speaking? I believe God's always speaking. I believe that even the rocks themselves could cry out if I only had an ear to hear. They'd be singing his praise. I believe God can use anything if he needs to to speak to me. He used a donkey once to speak to a prophet. Jesus said walking down, we call the Palm Sunday Road coming from the Mount of Olives down. And if you go with Pastor Huck and you'll walk that road. Jesus said, they were telling tell your people to stop praising Hosanna in the highest. He said, if they were to be quiet, the very rocks would scream out. I think God's speaking. I think the problem is more a me problem than a he problem. Would you agree? Yeah. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know I am God. So, I think more it's about being still. It's about quieting. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're kind of out in nature and the beautiful world around us? And you have one of those aha moments where suddenly you look out over the Grand Canyon. Or you're up on a mountain face and the sun rises. Or you're on the porch in the backyard. You know, whatever. And you have one of those aha moments where you're taken by the awe of the beauty of the creation in front of you. And no one had to preach a sermon. You didn't have to go to a seminary and you didn't have to study theology And you say, wow, what a magnificent creator we have. You have like a spiritual moment where the Holy Spirit, where your spirit and God's spirit, where you begin to vibrate like a tuning fork would when it gets the right frequency that it was meant for and created for. It vibrates and you're looking at this frequency of creation, this beautiful vision and creative thing, and you're like, wow, there is a God. I've had those. I pray you have those. I pray you go and start to slow down so that you can. What do they say? Stop and smell the the roses. That alone could be one of those moments. So, personally, every year I begin to prepare myself in December to hear a word from God 
for the coming year. I asked God to give me a prophetic word for the coming year, to speak to me, to give me a word for me personally, for the church corporately, and for the people that I minister to specifically. And I begin to wait. I start to get quiet, to listen for the Spirit. I'll have worship time. I'll spend more quiet time in my, in my room privately, even in my office at work. I get quiet and I spend extra time reading the Word. Jeremiah 5.21 says, Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. The word, O foolish people, without understanding, the word understanding in Hebrew is better to mean without heart, without a heart. You see, because hearing God, communion with God, it's more a matter of the heart than anything else. Having all the right words doesn't do it. You can go in your prayer closet and have the list of right words to say to God. Doesn't do it. The word says, you will find me when you seek me with the right words? No. The word says, you will find me when you seek me with your heart. The right words without heart mean nothing. But you know what? The right heart, even without words, means everything to God. So I begin to get my heart right. I begin to quiet myself. I read my Bible. I hold my Bible. You know what? I even hug my Bible. Like, you know, just kind of sit there. Have you ever done this? Just kind of hug your word. You kind of hold it like it's precious to you. You ought to try it. You ought to try just being quiet in front of God and hug the word. I know you feel like, oh, I got to read it. I got to learn it. I got to know it. I want all these words in my mind. You know where I want them? In my heart. All of life is an issue of the heart. It's all about heart. My prayer is so often, Jesus, I want them to see your love in my eyes. I want them to hear your heart in my words. And I want them 
to feel your touch and your compassion and your love for them in my touch and in my hands. And whether I had touched them physically or I touched them through ministry or help or sending them aid, let it come with the anointing of your presence and your love. So I get quiet. I ask God to give me a word and to speak to me. Usually it starts with a little unction or a single word or thought. I slow down and I look into it. It's like the starting point. And then I begin to say, okay, let's focus on that. Let's look at that. So this year, in 2020, what I heard was, see clearly. 2020, the year to see clearly. And you know, I I immediately thought, how cool. 2020, isn't that what they call your vision when it's perfect? (laughs) When you can see clearly, the doctor says, oh, you read the sign? 2020. You saw more than the big E? (laughs) You're doing good. You're down to the third line. Perfect. 2020. I thought, that's cool. I get it. Kind of corny, perhaps, if I start telling people, guess what? Year 2020 is for perfect vision. (laughs) The Holy Spirit said, It's the year I want the church to see what I've been seeing. It's the year I want the church to hear what I've been saying. But they've been missing it. I heard the Holy Spirit say very clearly, almost as if thunder happened outside. I want 2020 for you to be a year of revelation. Wow. And a scripture came to mind. Daniel 2.22. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in darkness. And light dwells with him. Wow. Wow. He's going to reveal dark and secret things. Things that had been hidden. Things that had been in darkness. God's going to open the eyes of the church. The believers. His children and people. To see and to hear what he's been trying to point out for years. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring, both bring, the light. Let me put my readers on. Okay, excuse me. Who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal a counsel of the hearts. He began to open my eyes and my heart to see and hear what he's been speaking loud and clear to the church and to the nation of the United States of America for years. 
Would you like to know what he was showing me? Are you sure? I mean, because if you see it, then you're accountable. You know, what he shows you, you're accountable and responsible for. So maybe it's a good time for you to leave the service and stay ignorant. I'm sorry, did I just call you a bad word? You know, because some of us just want to be ignorant. And I, I don't want to know. But some of us are like, God, speak to me. Show me. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Open my heart. That I might have a revelation and a word from you. You want to be that kind of people? Then I'm going to ask you to pray that. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. It's real simple. Lord, give me ears to hear and eyes to see. Are you ready to do that? We'll just say it in unison and follow me. Lord, give me ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name. Suddenly I sensed I was to look over the news and the headlines for the past few years and to look at them with a prophetic mindset, a prophetic eye. I said, all right, where do I start? And I heard the Holy Spirit say one word, wall. And so I went back in my mind and in the news, and I looked up wall, and here it is. It was a big, big issue. Everybody was talking about the wall. Build up the wall. Tear down the wall. I said, Lord, this is a huge issue. And it's about immigration, and it's about refugees, and it's about all this stuff. And I was still looking politically, and the Lord said, what wall would I be most concerned about? While the political issues, yes, I've been speaking to those, and I have a heart for those. What wall, Larry, would I be most concerned about? The wall of separation between my life and God. The walls that I let build up around me that have separated me from his presence. The safe place I hide from God in. Or the place I relegate God to. Isn't it interesting? For many, that's Sunday morning. They come to God. The rest of the week, God's at church. Right where I left him. What wall of separation is there in my life that is keeping the presence of God from coming in and occupying all of it. I had to look at myself personally. I had to repent for some things. I had to ask God to help me to be more like Jesus. And I had to say to him, tear down that wall. What other walls and borders have become problems? He spoke to me It's the same for the nation. 
And I thought about the walls of separation we've had between God and things in our nation. He's not allowed in our schools. There's a wall of separation from God coming into our elementary schools, God coming into our middle schools, God coming into our high schools, God coming into our universities and colleges. Many of the universities that started out as seminaries and Christ-centered colleges and training for the leaders of the future, Harvard, Oxford, Princeton, Yale, they all began as Christ-centered. Now they've gone far worse than secular. They're agnostic, atheistic, anti-Christian. Maybe anti-God. And they are raising and training from elementary through college, the future leaders of our nation. Can you say with me? God help us. Wow. How about wall of separation between church and state or God and government? I can't believe it. They're taking the Ten Commandments out of the courtroom. I mean, really? (laughs) Really? You can't say, thou shall not steal on the courtroom? Why are they in court? Can't have, thou shall not kill? Politics, in my opinion... have gone mad. The two-party system and the bi-party system, if you will, has grown so far apart and so polar that the once bi-party system of recent days now, to me, looks more bipolar than bi-party. God is saying, I'm knocking, I'm calling, but you're too busy. You're too active. You're too distracted, even with your causes that are good. To have heart-to-heart time with me. The next issue I looked for. And that kind of came to mind. Was the issue about taking a knee. Do you remember that? Everybody was talking about taking a knee. It was as if God put a neon sign across it and said, Second Chronicles 7.14. I was calling my people in the nation of America to get on their knee in prayer. The wall I was calling your heart. Remove the walls, remove the separation. The knee was all about calling you to pray. If my people, come on, say it with me, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will and Hear from heaven and heal their land. 
The knee was all about God calling the church, the people of God, and the nation to prayer. No mistake, it was happening during the national anthem because it was about in a message for the whole nation. I saw that prophetic message so loud and clear that I jumped up and down. And it wasn't until just recently I realized God was also speaking about the wickedness of racism in our country. And I have to admit, I missed it. I missed that message. Maybe because I don't come in contact with it. Maybe because it's not in my heart. It's not in my family. Maybe it's because I haven't been raised that way. But I missed it. And there's no excuse. Because I should have a heart that hears from God. And I should have missed it. And I repent for having missed it. God, forgive me. I don't want to miss your messages, whether they're subtle or loud. Whoever the messenger you choose to bring it, may I have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand what you are saying to me personally, to our church, and to our nation, and may I share it from the pulpit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, I feel like we should just stop now and pray for America. God, heal our land. I repent of our sins. Shedding of innocent blood. Injustices. Not yet. Corruption, racism, I repent. Thank you, Lord. Heal our land, God. Open our eyes, our ears, our heart. Let us be more like Jesus. Let us walk in Ephesians 4, 31, 32. Let us get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, outcry, slander, along with every form of malice. And God, may we become like Ephesians 4, 32, kind and tender-hearted to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave us. Thank you, Lord. And now let me move forward to the most recent thing God spoke to me about, which was the pandemic, the COVID-19 coronavirus. You probably heard corona means crown. I said, Lord, what are, what are you speaking to about this? What, is this prophetic or coincidence or, or is this? A, and it all just fell in together like dominoes. Do you want to hear? So, about in March is when the quarantine really began to get serious. And so, I, in my heart, I thought, what's in March? And it's the beginning of Lent. It's the beginning of the preparation for Passover. 
Isn't it interesting that in the season of Passover, we were forced to be home with our families. And any church worth its salt was telling you, plead the blood of Jesus. (laughs) Thousands of years ago, God told Moses to tell God's children, get your family together in your homes. Get rid of any sin. Remove the leaven. And apply the blood of the Lamb that the death angel would pass over. You tell me, coincidence or prophetic message? Pastor Huck will tell you all day long, there's no Hebrew word for coincidence. It was a prophetic message, I believe. Where God was telling us to get our families together. To clean out the leaven in our lives. Sin. And to apply the blood. Moses told them, take the blood and apply it on the lentil and the doorpost. The lentil and the doorpost. What does that look like to you? (laughs) Looks like a cross to me. Here we are gathered in our homes, every family together. Being still and quiet. You know, it's as if God hit a giant pause button. You know what a pause button looks like? It looks like that, right? It's as if he went. And everything was put on pause. Just leave that up. A pastor and I were talking on the phone, and the pastor drove past the mall, and the pastor said to me, Wow, the mall is empty. Oh, I feel so sad for all those people. I heard the Holy Spirit say, Not me. (laughs) Right away, I was almost agreeing as this pastor was saying it, realizing family's out of work, folks not having income, you know, all that. And I heard, not me. And then my mind opened and my ears and eyes began to see. And I heard the word vanity. And the scripture came to mind from Ecclesiastes. and It's vanity, vanity. All is vanity. And I thought, wow. We were so busy running to the mall, get our nails done, our hair styled, to buy the latest clothes. Me too. (laughs) Amazing how they know exactly what ads to send me on the internet. Oh, I like that shirt. Oh, I like those shoes. I'm going to go get me some. We were so busy and consumed with getting, getting, getting. Whew. In the pandemic, we look at our closet and we go, oh my gosh. I can't wear that stuff. I'm staying at home. God said, not me. 
became so distracted, so consumed with ourselves and our vain ambitions and needing to get and wanting to labor and to work and to struggle and to strive that we had built walls and we had allocated our time that there was very little room left for God. There was very little white space for his glory to come in. And touch our lives. And I heard God say, you can show the stony heart. If you got it. If you don't, it's okay. The scripture from Ezekiel. Where he said, and I will remove their stony heart. And give them back a natural and tender heart. And one that is after me. I heard the Lord say to me, Larry, your heart's gotten hardened with all the things of this world. And you built a a skin over it, almost like a hide. And it's hard for me to get through. Because so many of the things you treasure have begun to come and creep in their places higher and higher in your life. That now it's no longer such a huge step up for the place that you have me because you have all this stuff sitting there. Oh, sure, you still have me as God, but you've let everything else creep in so important, so vital, so busy. Thank you that you loved us enough to put a pause button on all. That we as a nation and even as a world might hear your voice. We might get still and be quiet. And if we use it instead of worrying and fear and we seek your face, God, You'll speak to us, and you'll heal our land. The musicians can come out now if somebody's listening back there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See, serving serving Jesus, being a Christian... not a lifelong thing. It's an eternal thing. You understand? This life is a whisper. It's, it's short. It's compared to eternity. We get so consumed about making this life so comfortable and having all the latest things that we forget to have the latest word. The heart for him. And the hands that have been touched with Jesus that we might touch others. Oh, church. May we know Jesus is the answer. 
May Psalm 51.10 be so real and true for us. Create in me, O Lord, a clean heart. And renew, renew, renew my heart-to-heart connection with you, God. That's more than life itself. It's eternity. Oh, that you may know him. May he become real to you. May he be so real to you that when you walk around with a mask or gloves, it won't matter because Jesus and his light will shine through you to the hurting world. If you're hurting today, Jesus is the answer. If you haven't yet really encountered him, do what I did. Spend time alone. You know, it might take 30 days if you put an hour aside just reading his word casually, holding the Bible affectionately, playing music that's lovingly worshiping him quietly until you hear him say, Now I am here. And his presence will come in. You'll have a moment where you'll realize how holy he is and how sinful you are. (laughs) But instantly, liquid love will wash over you. You'll feel cleansed. You'll stand in that shower. You'll be clothed with a new robe of the righteousness of Christ. And you'll know that when you call on Papa, you have free entrance and access. It's like you got a VIP pass for the front row. And you do. On that pass, it doesn't have your name. It has the name of Jesus. It doesn't have your picture. Has the picture of Jesus. May you become more and more like Him and less and less like you. You know, you might want to increase that offering you started to make. <laughs> you might want to really start right now saying, My heart is so open for you, God that I'm going to give you treasure because I want to treasure you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, pour out your spirit on these people. Woo! Come. In their life, invade the white space that they make for you with your presence. If they build it, you will come. May they truly take down the walls of separation. May they welcome you into every area. May they shut off TV. May they fast from the news. And may they slow down and quiet themselves to be in front of you. 
before. There's no one like Jesus. There's none like you. Thank you.